From the Ani Adoram Holomag, I'm Lana Slock, and you're listening to Beings of the Galaxy. My first day at Beyond the Outer Rim should have been more terrifying than it ended up being, but it wasn't, thanks to me and Opal, two other journalists who started on the same day as me. We attended orientation together, onboarding meetings together, department meetings together, even ate lunch with each other. The three of us were thrown into the fire at the same time, and we couldn't help but rely on each other to keep from getting burned. There's no way I would have survived that first year without Nia and Opal. I was new to Noel, barely any credits to my name, knew no one outside the office, was incredibly homesick and overwhelmed with all my new responsibilities, but Nia and Opal were right there, helping me along the way. And that's not to say I wasn't there for them too when they needed it. We were there for each other, formed our own little sisterhood of sorts in the Beyond the Adoram Holomag offices. Since then, though, the three of us have gone down different paths. I'm still at Beyond the Outer Rim, obviously, but Nee and Opal have gone to different places. Nee still writes, for Holovids, actually. <laughs> we tease her for her glitzy and glamorous lifestyle. And Opal slowed down, started a family. And even though we don't see each other every day, don't eat lunch together every day, we're still close, still bonded from our first year at Beyond the Outer Rim. I would be lying if I said I didn't miss them. And sometimes I do feel like the one left behind while my friends went off to do amazing things. Not that I wasn't doing amazing things here at Beyond the Outer Rim, but it wasn't until I started Beings of the Galaxy that I discovered what my purpose was, why I needed to stay behind while they went on. It stung for a while being left behind, but nothing quite compares to what Alik's tongue experienced when she was left behind. Ni actually sent me Alik's story a month after she had left Beyond the Outer Rim. Opal had left first, so Ni was the closest to seeing how much I was struggling being on my own. But she sent me Alik's story to encourage me. Ni had first heard Alik's story from her mother, who had heard the story from her mother and her mother before her. Alix's story had been passed down through many generations, for it told the story of Ni's homeworld and how a sisterhood that became something more stood up for their home. But ultimately, the task of saving their world fell onto the shoulders of an unassuming hero, Alix Tong. I now call to order the final meeting of the Skywriters. Bailey, if you would please take the roll call. Everyone is here, <laughs> as they should be. It's our last meeting, after all. Okay, next set of business. Lil, any announcements for the group? Just the one, that it's the final group. <laughs> well, I guess that's as good as an announcement as any. And it's a great transition into the reason that I called today's meeting. Just as a way to close out our group. A way to say goodbye. <laughs> Everything will be logged in the minutes, so we can refer back to them in the future. Specifically, so Myra can use them to reference the argument she'll eventually have with Lil, so she can prove that she won. <laughs> I guess, okay, yep, let's um, get into the main order of business. Our last meeting. 
I promise, ladies, I won't get sappy on you. <laughs> Who are we kidding? It's me. Of course I'm going to get sappy. <laughs> I just can't believe it's been over 20 years since we started the Skywriters. The five of us huddled in Lil's treehouse. Dale, you were so insistent on bringing snacks to make sure we were fed so our brains could be unencumbered to dream, I think is how you put it. <laughs> we looked at each other and we made a promise to one another. You remember it, don't you? All of you? We promised each other that we would fly. It all started when Brent and his snotty friends ganged up on Heli after school one day. None of us had been friends back then, but even so, we all thought the same thing. What we were witnessing wasn't right. Myra, you were the first one to jump in, clocked Brent right across the nose, giving Heli her chance to escape into Lil's arms. Dale, you tried to jump in the middle and stop the fight that Myra started. <laughs> you ended up getting dragged into it too, and it was two versus four, but they were sixth years, and I knew you two wouldn't last long. So I ran and found a teacher to get involved, told them the whole story, exactly what happened, and armed with the truth, they took the boys away and we came out triumphant and bonded. But Helly, it wasn't the first time the older boys picked on you for your looks, and you knew it wouldn't be the last. You told us how angry you were that you felt less than the boys, that you felt weaker, not as important. And as we listened to you tell your story, you inspired each of us to share how angry we were too, how unfair it was that each of us was treated worse than the boys. And not just us, the other girls at school, and our friends at other schools, and our sisters, and our mothers, and their mothers, and their friends, and the list went on. We all felt like these bullies kept us stuck on the ground, but we wanted to fly. So we made a pact that we would do it. We would fly. We didn't know how. <laughs> but we knew that we would. That day in Lil's treehouse when we formed the Skyriders, I don't think we understood what our promise to each other meant. We knew we wanted something better for each of us than life usually gave girls, and we were determined to find it. But we weren't entirely sure how we'd do it. We would figure it out together, though. <laughs> At first we thought we'd literally become pilots, because it seemed that escaping Mayo was the easiest way to escape our problems. But we quickly learned that all of us, except for Myra, of course, hated flying. <laughs> so we had to find a different way to live up to our name. But that wouldn't come for some time. For much of our childhood, the Skyriders was just a fun way of branding our sisterhood. We had a code of honor, a secret clubhouse, secret passcodes, nicknames, handshakes. All of it made us feel like we would conquer the galaxy together. We always knew we had each other's backs when no one else would. If one of us was bullied, all of us were bullied and all of us did something about it. If one of us was dumped, all of us were dumped, and 
We'd cry together, watch sappy romantic holovids, and eat all of Dale's breakup snacks. Things weren't always easy, though. Myra, you've always felt a tug of independence. And sometimes you did go off on your own, leaving us in your wake. Like the time you didn't come to summer camp with us and stayed behind to work on your ship with Hal. But we were there for you when he broke up with you. And Lil, that semester you studied abroad, you told us it was one of the hardest of your life being on your own. But it was also the most liberating, feeling like you didn't have to be responsible for us. That hurt our feelings, but we understood. Eventually. I don't think any of us knew when we formed the Skyriders that it would grow into something greater. All of that started when the blue fires arrived on Mayo, when the whispers of a planet-wide invasion began. I'll never forget the first day the Skyriders became more. The five of us sat in the cellar of the Café Dale Apprentistat watching the Holonet news. The Blue Fire's leader spoke in front of a crowd, promising that he and his people would make our world more prosperous if we only joined them, if we became a part of the little empire they were building in their corner of the Midrim. Our leaders were gullible and quick to believe their promises, but we saw through their lies and could sense what was happening. The Blue Fires saw us as weak, and they planned to absorb us, to obliterate everything we were, for their own people to prosper. Myra, ever the hothead, was ready to race right to the Capitol Plaza and take on all the Blue Fires on her own. But cooler heads prevailed, and Lil was able to talk some sense into her, and to all of us. She looked at us, her eyes reflecting our own back to us and we all knew what she was going to say it was time for the skyriders to finally fly and so we found others who were angry asked them to join our cause we needed to organize to get prepared to become as knowledgeable as possible so we could get the blue fires off our world so we could be free once more we put out news reports, sent hollows asking other Mayoans for their support in our fight for freedom. Some of us even met with Blue Fire officials trying to appeal to their sense of humanity. Perhaps if we could find a diplomatic solution to it all, then we could end their occupation on our home and we could all go about our lives. I did everything I could to help with finding a peaceful end to the conflict. I'm not a leader. People won't follow me to the ends of the galaxy, but I see all and remember all, and I kept a record of it. The Skyriders historian Lil nicknamed me. People would need to know the truth one day if the unthinkable happened. And so I wrote down everything, kept the record close. The unthinkable came all too quickly. I remember it in slow motion. I can still see families pushed out of their homes, fleeing from blaster bolts and explosions. 
smell of durasteel melting in flames. The cries of people who could hardly believe their lives were now marred by war. Myra had been planning for this day. She had been planning for battle from the very beginning. Myra always knew it would come to war. And she made sure we were ready. Her plan called for an assassination of the Blue Fire's leaders on the night of their unity parade. A celebration to unite our world, but it was no unity parade. It was an invasion parade, and there would be no celebrating from the people of Maya. Myra and Lil fought for hours over her plan. Lil still wanted to try the diplomatic approach, but Myra insisted diplomacy was dead. There was only one way forward, and that was bloodshed. Their bloodshed. And if that meant some of our own in the process, so be it. I... I don't remember much from the battle itself. I remember us all lining up in our places during the parade. I remember Myra and a small team climbing into a float that would make its way into the Capitol Plaza gates. I remember the somber faces in the crowd, hopeless looks, as our enslavement was paraded before us. Then, I remember chaos when the explosions rang out. I remember attacking with my fellow Skyriders. I remember taking a life, watching the lights dim from his eyes just smoking from my blaster bolt. I remember searing pain in my side, blood covering my shaking hand, crashing to the ground, and then... nothing. We lost the battle that night, and we lost so many Skyriders. But me? <laughs> I lost my friends. All of you. All four of you gone while I am left behind. With this. The record. The record of everything we've ever done together. Every good deed. Every wrong step. Every plan we made since the day we decided we were going to fly together. Just me and the record are all that's left. I'm... I'm alone in this room now. The room where we all would meet, plan, drink, laugh, and, and cry together. The room that offered so much comfort to so many who felt like we did all those years ago when we decided we would fly together. I never told you all this, but I... I always had a feeling, since that day we promised to fly together, that that promise would never come true. And I'm realizing that I was right. We don't 
all get to fly together. You all are up there while I am stuck down here. Blasted. I'm, I'm furious you're not here. Why me? Why, why do I have to carry this burden alone? I just, I, I just want to fly with you all. I don't want to stay behind. I don't want to be left behind. I, I can't do this alone. Coming to you live, this is a special news broadcast from Capitol Plaza, where Martin Hill, the leader of the Blue Fires, brings a very important message for the galaxy. We are horrified by the bloodshed spilled on the world of Maya. These attacks aimed at destroying our unity ceremony were carried out by a small group of terrorists who seek only mindless violence and destruction. But we have prevailed and will continue to prosper as we help the world of Maya find the peace we can offer them. Liar. All of it. Everything he said, it's all lies. Terrorists? We're not terrorists. My friends are not terrorists. This fight, our fight, it's a noble one, and he's telling lies to the galaxy. They, they need to know the truth. Only the truth can save our world now. I need them to know the truth. We need them to know the truth. I have it in my hands. The record, I've always had it. <laughs> I don't get to fly, not yet, but because there's, there's more work to do. <sighs> and only I can do it. My friends, Myra, Lil, Dale, Helen, I want to fly with you. I want nothing more than to be soaring through the galaxy with you all, but I can't. Not yet. I knew, I knew this day would come. And I didn't tell you because it was my burden to bear. And now I know why. I call for the end of the final meeting of the Skyriders. To the stars we rise, and through the galaxy we'll fly. I immediately called Nii after listening to the recording for the first time. This was not at all encouraging. It was incredibly sad and depressing. I couldn't understand why she would send it to me to make me feel better about being left behind. It made me feel worse, actually. But Nee was right. She's always right. As the lonely days passed, I found myself revisiting Alix's story. Hearing how fondly she remembered the Skyriders and how angry she was when she lost them, it brought me a weird sort of comfort because I could relate to her pain. 
but still, I didn't fully understand why Nii had sent me the story. It took me far longer to realize what Alix realized, which is ironic, considering she was quite literally telling me how I should deal with the absence of my friends in her story. But I guess the heart hears what it needs to hear when it needs to hear it. And I needed to hear her words more clearly when my editor mentioned in a brainstorming meeting that Beyond the Outer Rim was looking to start a hollow show and they needed ideas. By this point in my career, I had already started collecting stories in my travels, little slices of life I found interesting and wanted to hold on to in case the opportunity came up to share the stories. But as soon as my editor asked for ideas, it was like a ship jumping into hyperspace slammed into my chest, and I was immediately reminded of all the beings whose stories I had collected. They needed to be told. The galaxy needed to hear them. That's why I was still here. That's why I had to stay behind, so beings of the galaxy could exist. Well, seeing that you're listening to this episode, you know how the story ends. They said yes. And here we are, telling story after story of different beings in the galaxy. Was it worth it, all that pain and loneliness, to get to the place I'm at today with beings? Yes, of course. This show is everything to me, and I wouldn't trade it for the galaxy. But that doesn't mean getting here was easy. I'm sure that Alix is thankful that her record was the key to liberating her world once and for all, that because she had to stay behind, she was able to bring freedom to so many. But again, she had to stay behind. And that is... There are no words to capture a pain like that, nor are there enough words to make that pain go away. We're all destined to do something great. I truly believe that. But greatness looks different on different beings. Ni, her greatness is writing stories that populate the big screens across the galaxy. Opal's greatness is guiding her children to become the best beings in the galaxy they can possibly be. But me? My greatness is this. Finding stories and sharing them with all of you. So that maybe they too can help you discover what greatness looks like for you. Thanks for joining me, Lana Slock, your host for another episode of Beings of the Galaxy, a Beyond the Outer Rim Holomag production, bringing you the stories of the everyday people who make up our galaxy far, far away. We'll see you next time.